This is IFS Talks, an audio series to deepen connection with the internal family systems model through conversations with lead trainers, authors, practitioners, and users. Today on IFS Talks, we're interviewing and talking to Art Moniz. Dr. Moniz is a diplomat in clinical psychology who works with children, teens, adults, couples, and families. He's an approved supervisor for the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapy, licensed in New York and Massachusetts, and certified in internal family systems therapy. Dr. Moniz is on the faculty of the Adelphi University Derner Institute postgraduate training program in couples therapy. Art was coordinator of marriage and family therapy training in the doctoral program in clinical psychology at St. John's University for 18 years. He was also a faculty member of the Long Island Institute for Psychoanalysis and Psychotherapy. Prior to that, he served as director of psychological services at Penisola Counseling Center on Long Island. Art has also maintained a private practice for over three decades. He has presented workshops in his areas of specializations on a local and national level. In addition, Dr. Moniz currently offers monthly professional consultation groups, teaching and supervising colleagues as they explore the essence of healing in psychotherapy. And as I read that bio, I realize we are just touching the tip of the iceberg of of what you've accomplished. So thank you so much for, for taking taking the time and being with us today, Art. Thank you, it's a pleasure. Thank you for that. Yes, thank you, Art. Thank you, Tisha, for having us. Arthur, you have been publishing in our field since more than 25 years now, I believe. And we can see since the very beginning of your journey as a writer and even researcher, a concern with couples, families, and their children. And uh, you authored articles and titles like Marital Violence, Oppositional Children and Their Families, Oppositional Behavioral Children. And with Dick, we just uh, wrote this article on the functional hypothesis. Also, you have this wonderful 2014 book, Transforming Troubled Children, Teens and Their Families. And also in 2014, you have this wonderful therapeutic board game, Kids World Inside and Out. And more recently, you have this new book coming in 2017, a Therapist Guide to Kids World Inside and Out. So this is huge. It's a huge journey. Um, uh, also, not only around family systems, but particularly now on internal family systems for this two decades or so. How is it for you, Hart, to hear this bio? What parts come up to you? Uh, no wonder I'm feeling tired. <laughs> uh, well, I have to, I always, uh, when, uh, when there's a spotlight uh, on me, uh, I love the opportunity, but there's uh, always uh, this little uh, shy kid mm-hmm. that, in and uh, I uh, take a moment uh, which I've just 
done to uh, internally smile at him and uh, let him know that, uh, you know, we have some, uh, some good ideas and things that we've learned, so it'd be good to put those forward, and he, he calms down at that. And how does he react when you, when you stay with your inner child in that so sweet way? Yeah, he likes that. He likes, he likes, he likes hearing that. He likes the attention. You know, so. I love your journey, uh, uh, Art, in so many ways. You know, it's so important to bring this uh, wonderful model into parents and children and families. And it's, there's, there are not so many doing that work. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe you have some some idea on this. Why so many people start working with families and children, then somehow in in their journeys they give up and they come up into adult work mainly. And you you stick with this work with children and parents that mm -hmm. is so so important. So my acknowledgement, my respect for your long journey doing this hard work because I know it can be very hard to work with families and uh, spouses and, and couples. So I have a deep respect for your long journey around this special group. How, how do you manage? <laughs> uh, you know, for me, um, it, it, it's energizing uh, to, um, you know, my practice has always been uh, quite varied. So uh, hour to hour, you know, I'll be seeing an individual adult, I'll be seeing a couple, I'll be seeing a school-age kid, a teen, you know. It helps. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, um, the variety of that is uh, always stimulating yeah. to me. Oh. And um, It's a good advice for our, our dear fellows. <laughs> variety. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is. And, uh, you know, I entered the field um, having an idea of specializing with kids. Uh, so that, that drew me uh, from the beginning. And uh, that grew into family therapy and that grew into couples work. And of course, always, uh, you know, interested in doing adult individual uh, work as well. So, um, so the question was sort of like, how do you handle that burden? But it's the opposite has been the opposite. for me. You know, it's uh, it's been a joy, and uh, you know, having that child energy uh, in the office, uh, you know, it can be crazy, but it can be also. Um, very, uh, very enlivening. So. Can you share with us a little bit about about your journey? What what brought you into the field to begin with? What set you up to be a therapist? Sure. When I was in college, I started with harder science. You know, uh, studying biology and chemistry. I have an older brother who was in med school at that time. He became a pediatrician, so we both had that kid's uh, interest for some, some reason uh, that we talk about, but I don't know that we understand fully. 
and a little bit of a story. So I started taking classes and um, I was doing okay. Not mm-hmm. great, great. Uh, B's, some A's, maybe a C here and there. But I, I, it didn't grab me. Not only didn't it grab me, uh, I was getting stomach aches. And that was how I was in my early 20s, I guess. Uh, or beginning to, and so I called my parents and I said, you know, I'm getting stomach aches. Maybe there's something in that science building that's toxic. <laughs> and they uh, said, well, get yourself checked out and go to a doctor, which I did. And um, exam was fine. Doctor said it was fine. And then um, kept taking the classes. And then uh, the summer... After my second year of college, I took a required psychology class. Never even thought of psychology. Mm-hmm. And it really was pretty cool. It was like really interesting. It was focused more on syndromes and what they used to call abnormal psychology. Yeah. And um, it was in the same building as the other sciences. And my stomach aches went away. Wow. <laughs> so I uh, started to be more and more curious about myself, plus taking the classes. And I found myself reading, I was taking the subway, I was living, you know, I was in New York, uh, and reading the textbook on the subway, which is, sounds weird, but it was really grabbing me and very, very cool. So I switched majors. So starting in my third year, let go of the sciences and... Um, basically uh, took every class in psychology as a new major. Your parts were communicating with you somatically, so clearly. I would say, now that I kind of understand a lot of that stuff, but back then, uh, hardly a clue. No clue. (laughs) What part was that, Artem? What part was that? That was getting the... uh, the stomach answer. Yes, yes. That part that guided you. Smart part. Yeah. Smart part. Smart this part. not for you. You know, this is, uh, you know, you have the brain that you can get decent grades with these things, but it's, it's not meaningful. And I have to say, when I, when I started with psychology, and of course, you know, undergraduate, is very different than graduate, which is very different than when you really start to learn, you know, uh, in the field, that uh, it really fit. I feel so fortunate for that turn of events that uh, led me to uh, clinical psychology and then uh, specializing with kids, and as I said before, with families and uh, so on. Since since the beginning, since the beginning, pretty much since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. My internships were with kids, and um, then that expanded to doing uh, work with families. But at that time, you you were um, trained in a family system therapy, um, not necessarily or a CBT, or was that not really? Well, in graduate school, that was uh, mid early seventies. Was graduate seventies. So yeah. So, um, psychodynamic also? The program that I was in was psychodynamic and behavioral. Okay. So, you took sampling in both. There was no course in family therapy, 
there were there was maybe one or two classes uh, that were child oriented, child focused. So what I was learning was um, being out in the field, you know, on externships they called them at the time, or internships, and having supervisors um, yeah. who encouraged mm-hmm. me, and some of whom thought my thinking was strange. Uh, to th- beginning to think more systemically even before I took uh, trainings and so forth in, uh, in family work. Uh, but they encouraged me. They said, you're thinking a little differently than we all. They were hoping. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so that started that, uh, that part of that journey with family therapy. Yeah. So you were a therapist for a while as a family therapist before you discovered IFS? Well, yeah, so just to say a a little bit more, so at the same time that I was seeing kids and families, I also, uh, and this was around graduate school too, I also noticed, starting to get a little insightful perhaps, uh, that I I like to see the big Mm -hmm. picture. Uh, So I I felt, and I said to a couple of professors, and I said more to my uh, peers uh, who were in class with me, that I, I don't think there are all these models of what is, what is the essence of psychotherapy or the essence of healing. I think there's one thing. Because there, I think that if you watch a, a successful session Mm-hmm. of a therapist who may describe his or her being a psychodynamic person or CPT, and it goes well, I was saying, I think it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't enormously popular thought. It, you know, it wasn't that they were rejecting that thought, but they were saying, okay, now we have to go to a psychodynamic class. Or you know, mm-hmm. uh, and professors not at all responsive, not negatively, but not, they, it didn't quite get that. So, but I kept that in mind and probably okay. being um, a bit oppositional myself, um, kept that thought and began, I would say, a journey of um, finding out what that essence is. You know, what, what is it that really heals uh, people that separate mm-hmm. from the demarcation of the different uh, of the different models, and that's what I've been doing. So, family therapy, in addition to making sense in treating kids, also uh, provided um, an impetus uh, for that odd thought that there's one there's one essence. Of healing, there there is a, a central yeah. uh, trail mm-hmm. for that. Yes, Artie, you you open your book "Transforming Troubled Children" with this chapter that you exactly you call it the essence of emotional healing, right? And it's it's about this essence that you are you, you already connected at the time. That's right. That's right. Is that same is that same essence the, the essence of emotional healing? What is it that essence? I believe you also call it a common factor in a way. It's a common factor for, for every, every model, 
every model has some yeah. somehow this essence for healing. That's what you are saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, in searching for a, a, a meta model, I uh, went through uh, many years of uh, going to study with a lot of gurus. So I. Uh, mm -hmm trained a bit with Sal Mnuchin, uh, learned a little bit uh, from uh, Murray Bowen. Uh, Big names. Right. And then was supervised by Jay Haley. Wow. I went to visit Milton Erickson in Arizona. Wow. I studied NLP when it was uh, just, you're familiar with neuro-linguistic programming? It was Absolutely. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so I was looking, and actually the NLP, uh, Bandler and Grinder, wrote this uh, really amazing book that you're probably familiar with, mm -hmm. Structure of Magic. Yes. And that resonated with this, they're trying to figure out what the essence of healing is. Exactly. So that very much connected uh, with, uh, with me. And then I met Dick. I met, met Dick at the... Um, it was in the 90s? Actually, late 80s. Late 80s, okay, very early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, at, at the networker uh, conferences. Yes. Which I mm -hmm. every year. And uh, went to his workshops. Dick was writing articles in the networker uh, mm -hmm. journal, mm -hmm. you know, at that time. And said, I, here's a guy who gets it. You know, uh, so I met him, introduced myself to him. We went to lunch, and we uh, established a bit of a friendship. Wonderful. Uh, and a few of us were in a peer group, and um, uh, in that peer group uh, was Steve Krantz, who you might know is one of the lead trainers now, and Jenny Hines. And uh, Steve said, well, why don't we call Dick and see if we can get supervision on the phone? Wow. And we did that for many years, like uh, once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. We feel so fortunate about that. Wow. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I guess the, uh, the, uh, one of the pieces that um, happened was that what I was uh, finding and experimenting with in thinking and doing, Dick put together. Wow. Yeah. You know, I don't know, if Dick, I don't know if Dick would say it, but he put forth what I would say is a meta model of healing. I don't think he describes it. Yeah, I never heard him about that also, but you, you are no. the, the only one that I heard to call the IFS model a meta model. Could you, could you deepen a little bit about, I, I, I think I understand, I understand you well why you, you call it a meta model, but could you, could you help us more about why you call it? Yeah, I was, say mostly at the center of what I think is that it's a non-pathologizing model. Yes, mm -hmm. refreshing, so refreshing. You know, at its core, it's that. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, from there, it spins off into, um, as we know, you know, the exploration of uh, uh, parts that, you know, our field, unfortunately, uh, 
historically pathologized. Those are all DSM categories. Like if a person is OCD or if a person is, uh, has an addiction or, um, you know, whatever we might describe. It's really a bad start trying to treat someone. It's a bad start, isn't it? Calling people those names. Yes. Strange. Absolutely. Right, right. Bring up a lot of shame. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, right. Oh, and, it, and that's what we're trying to heal, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it, it's a model that spins back to, uh, you know, with, you know, those, you know, the medical model, basically. The medical model, yeah. Spin back to pathologizing people. Yes. Uh, Dick went, took a different direction. Yeah. And I would say he, out of, you know, I met all these gurus. Uh, Dick, who's, you know, the same age, uh, I, I would say is probably the most courageous of, of all the people that I, uh, that I work with. Certainly the people, the clients uh, who he worked with, um, mm -hmm. you know, early in his career uh, and later on as well. Are you say the most courageous? I, I think in this uh, tenacity of belief that people are good yeah. mm. and uh, he's not going to get scared about their symptoms. You know, he uh, mm -hmm. treated so many uh, dissociative disorder mm -hmm. people, uh, you know, severe eating disorder people, mm -hmm. that type of thing. Uh, and... Um, just went forward in a very courageous way. So I would say, you know, as I was going on um, my own journey of trying to figure out what this essence is, I met Dick, and Dick brought courage uh, and clarity to that, that search. Yes. And it seemed to me you know, and I describe myself as oppositional. So the, the way that played out was that I would learn all these models. I would study Mnuchin's work mm -hmm. and Haley's work. Mm -hmm. Everybody, really. And uh, I would say, yes, but this doesn't feel exactly right. Sometimes the delivery, uh, delivery system mm -hmm. was edgy. When I got mm -hmm. to know Haley and Mnuchin, they were edgy with clients sometimes. Yeah. Which, and, as Tish said, uh, Tish said that uh, you know it was shaming in and of itself. Okay. So um, Dick wasn't different. So I became kind of I became kind of a true believer, and that was unusual for me. Wow, what a journey! Yeah, you came up into the IFS models in a, such a close journey with Dick. I'm seeing. Yeah. It was quite close. You were you were close yeah. for years. I'm curious about that early on the phone supervision. Was that experiential? Was it learning the intricacies of the model? Was it case consults? It's kind of the way the trainings go. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people show up, mm -hmm. I want to learn this model. Yes. And then there were six weekends of going inside, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And uh, you learn the model. But really, the process of learning it is uh, your own, going inside uh, experiential journey. So that that's exactly what it was on the phone. At that time, it was already like that. <laughs> yeah. 
So you found yourself working on your own parts and your own system, being self-reflective and finding out about you as a therapist. Right, right, yeah. Again, Hart, why do you call this model a meta-model? Yeah, because I, th- I, you know, I think it has all of the elements that are essential to healing. So um, first and foremost is the non-pathologizing. It is. And looks at what a person brings in as having parts, maybe in the old days we used to call them defenses, but that's also perhaps shaming to the parts themselves. Mm -hmm. But in the in the IFS model, we uh, call them protective parts, which is a whole different way to experience that they are uh, working for us. Mm-hmm. You somehow say in your book, you call it an integrative meta model once it combines wisdom from psychodynamic, structural, bowing, strategic, sensory motor and solution-focused models, right? for instance, and more, even more, eventually. Right. So it's really putting all of that together, which I think IFS, in a, in a very um, clear and unencumbered way, uh, does. You know, it has systems thinking in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it deals, it deals with the paradox of how people get ill mm-hmm. in recognizing that in our striving for self-protection, we develop, we have these parts that uh, backfire if they're overemployed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, have us uh, feeling less capable and less, less healthy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You wrote with Schwartz, with Dick Schwartz in 2007, this article on the Journal of Psychotherapy Integration yes. called The Functional Hypothesis, a family system's contribution toward an understanding of the healing process of the common factors. Mm -hmm. What is this functional hypothesis? The functional hypothesis, you know, if we're looking for the essence of what heals, Mm -hmm. it's when the therapist can help the client see that uh, what they're dealing with is be able to adapt yes. and survive in various contexts. And that, that was actually, uh, I would say, a revolution, the revolution yes. of family therapy. Yes. Family therapy really as a field began, uh, you know, in the 50s and 60s, and uh, it flipped around the idea that the things, uh, the uh, emotional struggles that people had are not illnesses. The symptoms. Right. They have a role. Right. Gregory Bateson, who is uh, considered like the grandfather of the field, Mm -hmm. formed this study group in uh, Palo Alto, California, Mm -hmm. and studied uh, families of schizophrenic Mm -hmm. patients Mm -hmm. and came up with this idea that delusions or hallucinations make sense when you put them in context. Yes. 
And that was a revolutionary idea. It was. And to this day, people don't absorb that. There are many therapists and many uh, you know, people in the medical field who <laughs> still do not uh, absorb that. They don't. So I saw that basic idea. And by the way, Jay Haley was in that group and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. very wonderful people like Paul Watzlawick in that group. Yeah, wonderful times, wonderful times, the 70s and the 80s. Right. Lucky you, lucky you, Artie. Yeah, I do. You know, it's interesting. I feel that way. Mm-hmm. I feel that way. Very mm-hmm. lucky. Uh, and fortunate for meeting them also. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then to have landed on 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 a model that feels really true for you. Yes. Absolutely. What was it like to to shift into IFS being kind of your, your primary working model? That's an interesting question. I think, you know, it really wasn't anything of a challenge. In fact, it was just such a, mm-hmm. you know, like a breathing easy. Just fits you, fits, fits you. Fit and fit what I was journeying uh, to find. And, and now I, I, I think that, you know, IFS, you know, EFT, uh, ACT, um, uh, you know, seagulls work. Seagulls. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of in the same genre, even though, you know, they have specifics, uh, you know, or somatic, uh, you know, work, uh, uh, you know, Pat Ogden. They're, they're all kind of in this essence place. So it's a very happy time for a person like me. Right. So you've seen the evolution and right. yeah. being yeah. used in other other ways and adapted. And and what what is that essence heart? How would you name it? How would you call it? The essence is having the person experience that they're good. Okay. You know, I know it sounds maybe uh, simplistic, but it's that they're experiencing that, you know, they have, you know, as you well know, these protectors and they're protecting mm-hmm. against uh, trauma, you know, that we mm-hmm. all carry from mild to severe mm-hmm. and the, uh, that we were smart enough to develop these protectors so that we can survive in key uh, contexts, mainly our families, but that, you know, the protective parts, as we started to say before, uh, overwork and then constrain uh, that goodness, which in the IFS model is called self. <laughs> so the idea is to uh, you know, unburden the residue of that trauma mm-hmm. by asking the parts to step back, bringing self in. Mm-hmm. And having self um, with the guidance of a therapist that delivers it well, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to release the burdens. So that's IFS meta model. I, I think that that's where the healing is. Can you talk a little bit about your your experience with with self, either as a clinician or personally? Sure. Let me reflect on that for a moment. You know, self is what I 
need to, to bring to myself first and foremost, and then bring to my clients. And no matter what the drama of the session might be, I know that I have to get back to that, start my day with mm-hmm. that, which I usually do with some meditation and, uh, and breathing and just uh, trying to keep my promise as to what got off track yesterday or this morning, you know, earlier or whatever, to bring self-energy to it or recognize what's in the way of that and bring that forward uh, in the uh, hour-to-hour work that I do. Uh, Currently, my practice, uh, because I just turned 70 last year, uh, my practice is basically um, working with therapists. So I feel quite fortunate in that, too. So I have uh, small groups that I have, and, um, you know, one-on-one or couples who are uh, therapists. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's kind of like a mini IFS training day, you know, where I have to get into self, bring it out, and, uh, uh, you know, I not, not infrequently get a question from people I'm either training or uh, working mm-hmm. with as as a therapist, they'll say, well, Art, are you always in self? <laughs> and I say, yes, I'm always in self, except when I'm not. Absolutely. <laughs> totally agree with you. But the, the really, the more important question is, of course, not always. It's not a static um, kind of um, thing, but the more important thing is getting back to it, you know, having little signals, uh, you know, inside and yeah. getting to it. Hart, you came from so you trained in so many models. You have a so rich and long journey on our field. In your clinical work, do you combine IFS with any specific modality nowadays, or you just stay mainly IFS focused? You know, I, I would say that every um, all the work is IFS informed. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, at the risk of being uh, repetitious. The meta model is what IFS offers, and the specifics, you know, could range from taking a person inside uh, to, uh, uh, you know, doing uh, some body uh, exercises, doing some meditation in the session. Um, with a client. So it's, you know, psychoanalytic ideas are always there. I you know, haven't mm-hmm. rejected that. Mm-hmm. CBT ideas about, uh, you know, how we think about our thinking. Oh, mm-hmm. useful. So I would say, you know, it's kind of like screens on the computer uh, when I'm very centered. You know, and I'm, you know, clear-minded. I'll be able to click on the screen that fits for that moment with the um, the meta model as the umbrella of of it all. Interesting. 
Art, um, in a time of screens, you're there to create a board game. <laughs> how, how is he doing your, your game? Uh, good. <laughs> yes. The nicest thing, I have to say, the two of you are such lovely uh, individuals. I, I get that. I, you know, I met them all uh, before, yes. before, and I'm meeting you, Tisha. And um, I, I'm saying this because, uh, you know, you're doing the IFS talks, which is great. Uh, you should at some point, in some form, and this may be a part of what it is, write or do something that mm -hmm. puts out what you figured out mm -hmm. you know, in, mm -hmm. into the world because it's, it's a wonderful experience it's great mm -hmm. internally mm -hmm. and it's also um so nice to get uh you know an email from lisbon of all places <laughs> you know saying that you know a few of us read your book and we're delighted with it. Will you talk with us? And it's just a wonderful, generative, um, expansive way of coming out of it. And some buy the game. And some buy the game. Right, right, right. So, yeah, it, it's, it's doing well. And uh, that's why I started to say that, because I, I get, um, you know, periodic emails about it and that it was helpful if I go to an IFS, you know, the IFS uh, conference, people mm -hmm. see the name tag. And they say, oh, I love your game. It's just, just very nice that you, especially at my old age, you know, paint on a larger, uh, on a larger canvas. It, it's a very wonderful. So people are using this game, it sounds like, in, in practice with children to really solidify the model. And, you know, it. it it seems like there's reference to self and reference to parts and that it's a, that it's a great way to, I, I'd love to play it. I haven't, I just watched the demo. Uh -huh. Oh, the one that's on the, yeah. Uh... Yeah. That's great. It, somebody did a good job with your graphics. You did. Yes. Yes. But, but yeah, it, it's, it's such a great concept. And yeah. Thank you for that contribution. I, my pleasure. Thank you for that comment. I, um, over the years used various, uh, board games and uh, uh, always had in mind, you know, uh, to kind of uh, put together all the hundreds or thousands of questions that may have been helpful uh, into something that therapists could use. So it seems to work. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a good, good tool for the office. Yeah, they're getting into schools, which I'm delighted about, like school psychologists are uh, wow, wonderful. using it. Mm -hmm. Hart, you have been working with hundreds of children and their families, I believe, over your long career. How are you sharing all this experience and knowledge, coaching other therapists now on this specific work with parents and families and children, or they do consult consult you only for adults? No, no. It's for children and many about kids uh, and families, uh, and that's one of the pieces about uh, the book that people said, you know, said, uh, can I have a phone yeah. uh, mm -hmm. vision or come in uh, to talk about ideas uh, that you're writing about uh, and might apply to uh, the cases that we have. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Do you have a sense of, of where you'd like to see the model itself go in the future? Mm. Yeah, any 
hopes and dreams? You know, my, my own um, pet ideas about, you know, is there an essence of healing to, you know, to the process of healing would be a nice development, you know, talked about perhaps at, um, you know, IFS conferences, you know, bringing in key people who uh, promote other models. So I'd certainly like to see that. I think there's so many exciting things, you know, like uh, that are happening, you know, that I hear about. But that, that's the first thing that comes to mind that, you know, can we uh, talk about? It? I think it's a little tricky because everybody has their little territory. You know, I think that uh, yeah. mm-hmm. it's just human nature, I guess. It is. You know, that, you know, we have these separate restated models. But I'd love to see more of a, a discussion about what the uh, commonalities are among all of these very wonderful uh, healing models. I, I had some talks, you know, just to, to reflect on, uh, on about what you said at the beginning. Um, you know, family therapy is not being taught in graduate schools in the States too much. I mean, it's being taught a little bit, but not emphasized. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are not really offering... Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of supervision on it. Think uh, the realities of doing um, mm-hmm. of doing family therapy, which probably mean that you have to work after school hours as a therapist at evening hours to have both parents participate is not always so appealing yes. to mm-hmm. people. So there are realities. So engaging with that but it saddens me uh that you know in certainly the uh phd programs uh on the east coast uh cbt uh has been pretty much the center piece model uh and uh these other things which i consider as i've been saying you know more of the meta model of what exactly happens Mm -hmm. You really have to learn after school. You know, they're not really, unless you're fortunate to get maybe usually an adjunct person teaching it, um, you're not really getting the update on all the exciting things that are going on in in the field. Yes, you are right. And, you, you, and the world needs it so much, right? Yeah, yeah, this is really true. Yeah. I, I I wonder when when these models will make it into graduate programs. Right. I mean, the only program that I know that's been doing it for uh, you know since the late '90s is Ralph Cohen's program in Connecticut. That's a, a MFT training program, and uh, students there are amazing. You know, I've taught for so many years you know, very brilliant, you know, PhD students in clinical psychology. When I uh, got to be friends with Ralph, and actually my initial training was at Connecticut um, in IFS, you know, formal training beyond the uh, the individual work with Dick. These students, 
were amazing at that age they you know at that stage at age uh, at that stage of age so mm-hmm. i uh, that was really encouraging i was introduced to ifs in my clinical internship and i remember bringing it to my to my uh, graduate class consult group and and the professor actually scoffed at it mm-hmm. it was a great professor but but it was mm-hmm. it was really mm-hmm. dismissed mm-hmm. which you know looking yeah, back I'm sorry that you had that experience and I, well, it was interesting. It didn't. It didn't change anything for me. Yeah. But it, yeah. And uh, Hart, um, regarding the future for you as um, an IFS practitioner, you did. You did it all. You. I know. I understood you are in a transition from clinical work to case discussion and coaching other therapies right now. But you have done it so much. What are your dreams now and ambitions at this time for you? Mm, well, thank you for asking that. So, uh, this past year, um, I shifted, as I said, to uh, you know, fortunate enough to have uh, a sector of my practice that are therapists uh, seeking training and consultation, and as the two of you know, mm-hmm. leads to I. FS work a lot, so it's all of that, mm-hmm. and I I reduced my hours, mm-hmm. and that's been nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife is retired; she was a dentist, mm-hmm. and uh, she had retired a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I was watching her; and she did like really beautifully. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't know that it would go that smoothly for me. And I, I knew that I didn't want to st- stop uh, fully. So this is the first year, really the first 10 months, uh, that I've uh, cut the hours. And it's been very healthy at, at this stage. Where You are enjoying it. Yeah. So that in itself has been uh, good. And I'm writing a book with the same title of that first chapter, The Essence of Healing. The essence of healing. Uh, hoping that it might be able to reach a larger audience, not just about children and families, but what what is that uh, essence? That common factor. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And you know, I've had these consultation groups uh, for about ten years. Two different groups. I thought they were going to, you know, be a one-year thing, and the groups fell in love with each other, <laughs> which is always great. <laughs> So we've continued over all these years. So each month, once a month in each group, uh, we have a topic with some readings that I, wow. I lead that. So the book, I hope, will be kind of like uh, ten, those 10 years worth of mm-hmm. all those topics that we've grappled with. Good. Right. So uh, it's a nice thing. Yes. I see that you, you keep have, having fun. Sounds great. You keep having fun. And I also understood that you plan to come to Lisbon. Did I understood well? Yes, we don't have a date. We don't have a date, but we oh. do actually. We both are very. Oh, we'd love to see a beautiful uh, place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're both uh, big fans of Faro music. Oh wow! <laughs> so come to Lisbon, please. Let me know. Tap your knowledge about where to see genuine uh, uh, Fado. Yes, I think he might he might know, but he's very secretive about it. Oh yes, oh really? <laughs> we'll keep in touch. So, so Art, 
I'll be waiting for your call for Lisbon. I'll be there waiting. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I hope we can keep yeah. in touch and you let me know when, when do you plan to come to Lisbon. I will do that. Please. And thank you so much for having us. It was a joy to be here with you and Tisha. And I hope we can keep meeting and sharing this model, our work and our lives. Maybe next year we can repeat this talk together. Who knows? Uh, and how can listeners find you or find out more about your work? You, I believe you have a website, right? I have a website, Art Monus PhD. That's easy enough. Yes, that's easier to, to get. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for taking the time and talking to I us. I want to thank you, Tisha, and uh, thank you, Annabelle, for a uh, wonderful experience. And thanks for having this whole concept of uh, getting inside the people who do the model. I, I think it's great. I think it's great. Thanks so much. Take care. It was fun. So fun. Yes. Take care. Well, too. <laughs> Take care. This was an IFS Talks episode an audio series to deepen connections with the internal family systems model through conversations with lead trainers, authors, practitioners, and users.